Welcome to today's podcast of Bright New Star. We have Marie and Charity here today, and we are talking about the principle of attitude. And we thought we'd start with a story about Abigail Adams. She was a really good journal writer. And I recently went out to the Library of Congress and was researching in the manuscript division because I'm writing a book on the Founding Fathers and Friendship. And I found some of her journals. I love, this is a journal, if I remember correctly, it was from 1783. She was so sick on her voyage from America to England. So incredibly sick for days. And one day when she finally felt a little bit better, she was out on deck. She wrote down later, a secret world of wonders in the deep. And I just got this feeling as I read of this, here she is, she's been absolutely miserable. And yet a little piece of her attitude came back. The a secret world of wonders. And when I think of that, I think, oh my goodness, she chose a good attitude and she chose to see what was about her and she chose to be present in the moment. And so she went through this really hard, yucky, I don't know if anybody here has ever been seasick. I have. Growing up in Louisiana, I definitely took Dramamine a few times when I was out on the ocean because I got very, very seasick. Since then, I have not had that problem, thankfully, but I have a lot of compassion for those who have it. And that she chose a good attitude and not only a good attitude, but also to look around and see what was amazing and magical around her. And isn't that awesome? We can choose to do that. We can choose to look for the good and to focus on it. It's not denying the rough sea to look at the beautiful sunset. Yes, and as part of our agency or free will is to choose our attitude. Right. I looked up the word attitude once. It was similar or from the similar roots of the word posture. And right now, you're probably in some sort of posture. If you sit up straighter, you feel different. It's a choice to change your posture, and it's a choice to change your attitude. Some people think that that is denying what's real, but it's not. You can choose to change your posture. If you just sit up straight, you feel different. You breathe differently. You see differently. You see maybe more of the world. If you stand up or look around, you have a change that happens by your choice to change your posture or your attitude. It's kind of like, If you're curled up in the fetal position, you don't see a lot. And sometimes we need to go into ourselves that much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that attitude is okay, but we don't need to stay there. Right. And we're here to be around each other, to influence each other, to build each other, and to find hope together. Right. I was reading in a book by Sarah Brethnock. She was giving advice to women, and she said, Cast yourself as the leading lady in your own life. You will act different when you fix your hair, put on makeup, and set an inviting table. Every actress knows the magic power of props and costumes to create special moods both on stage and off. And I was reading another book that said it's easier to act yourself into a feeling than to feel yourself into an action. And this was something that I did from the time I was a young married years ago. The day that I felt the worst, I would get dressed up and do something different so I could act myself into a different feeling because it really made a difference, I found. When I was feeling the worst, if I put on sloppy clothes or didn't care, 
I just felt miserable all day. But if I got dressed up and acted like it was a good day, it became a good day. Yes. Or I remember my grandma. She used to say, if you need to have a hard discussion with your husband, you put on makeup and you dress up because then you go in presenting yourself in a better, like you find strength in yourself. Right. Well, and it's just, it's a different posture. Yeah. Just like a prop in your hand on stage tells you how to act, we can choose a different attitude or posture when we confront someone or we're talking with someone or we go to help a small child with the drama that they are facing. (laughs) If we go towards them with an attitude of, oh, why are you having this problem? This is not that big of a deal. Or if we go towards them with an attitude of, I love you and I'm here to help, it will change how we act toward them. And it will allow the person to feel safe Mm -hmm. so that they can then decide to choose a better choice if they want. Right. And how we act around others really influences them. It's not all about us. It's about making others feel safe and be safe around us. I was reading in Tom Rath's book, Are You Fully Charged? And he talked about how he's just a go-do, fast-moving person and how he realized that for those who aren't that type of person, they interpret him moving fast and charging ahead as he's stressed and he's angry, even though he's not. And so he knew he had to change his attitude around them, his posture around them to be a little slower, a little calmer, so that they don't take on stress that he doesn't even have. And it's just a little attitude switch, a little posture switch. But I found if I am walking too fast and too quickly through my house, People are like, what's going on with mom? I'm fine. But some of my kids are a little more slow paced. And so they think, oh, there's something wrong. So I try and walk like a queen through my house instead of like a race through my house. And it makes a difference. It has. It's made a huge difference. I love how you brought up that it lessens the stress. Because mm-hmm. really in this world, especially in this fast paced world, we have ample amounts of stress and we need to let it go. And so our attitude literally affects our stress levels and the stress levels of those around us. Right. We need to create places in our homes where we just sit and enjoy being with one another. Not always on the move, on the move, got to be doing something. We need to create those things so our children and others can know how to calm down from the stress that is in this world. Yes, and it teaches. Oh, I love that you brought that up. I was just thinking, because my kids have had to navigate a lot of hard things recently, and I am realizing they haven't learned how to deal with stress yet. And so my youngest has a camp out tonight, and he didn't want to go. And normally I'm like, of course you do, and he has a wonderful time. But for the first time, I thought, No, I need to allow you to have some downtime at home where you can kind of feel like you're circled up within your family and then your attitude, it will change. It will change from last night when he said, mom, I'm so stressed and I have such negative thoughts and the world's falling apart and just allowing that time together. I know that it's going to make the switch of things are still hard, but we can do it. Right. It's important to make a space for those types of moments and talks and time together. So as we choose attitude, we also have to choose space Mm -hmm. and time. Right. I love Margaret Eggleston. She said that one something we're supposed to do is cultivate a cheery disposition, which is a cheery attitude or a cheery posture. And thought of the word cultivate, and we've talked about this before, but cultivate is all about 
preparing for crops. And so cultivating a cheery disposition is preparing for actually feeling that way by acting like we feel that way a little bit. By putting certain pieces in place, habits in place, Right. right? Or also building up the friendships and family relationships in our lives that help to lift our attitude, Mm -hmm. right? When we're around people who are full of excitement and energy, it's contagious. Right. And I want to portray to people those parts of my life. It's not denying that there's hard things in my life. If I don't act gloomy all the time, but I have one person in my life who the overall feeling I always have when I'm around her is, I'm so busy and overworked and unappreciated all the time. So I don't ever want to ask her to do anything, but I know that's not her whole life, but I always get that feeling around her. And I think, what is the main feeling that people get around me? And is that the feeling I want them to have about me? Is that really all my life is about? That's a great point. It makes me step back and say the same thing. We can literally influence how others perceive us. Right. Well, and I think this person wants opportunities to serve and to help, but I'm always like, but I don't want to ask her because she, and then she's like, why did you ask me? I'm like, well, you're so busy. And like, oh, that's just an attitude she's portraying and not the whole truth. Yes. And so I've learned to ask her anyway. <laughs> Because like, well, she's always going to seem like that, but it's not actually what's going on. And I have thought a lot about what is the attitude that I'm portraying. And I was reading in a book and the man was talking about being an intellectual, but I thought this could apply to anything we want to be or what we want to portray. He says, we have to be that way all the time and help. So people recognize that this is the way we are. This is what we're all about. He said, people will know what we are by our way of resting of idling, of tying our shoes. Still more, it will be evident in our fidelity to the things that we're doing. So I just thought it was interesting. It's like, people know what kind of person I am by the way I tie my shoes. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, what is my attitude while I'm tying my shoes? So I was just thinking a lot about how it is important to be honest with people, but one little part of the hard in our life isn't all there is. That's not being honest to have that be the only thing. And we have to allow others their attitude as well Mm -hmm. and their learning opportunities. I know that what I've been told with cancer is to live my life as fully as I can because those who succeed the best are those who have the best attitude and who live as fully as they can for as long as they can. But what a difference that makes going all the way back to attitude. Literally life and death. That has been really sobering to me this last little while. And it's not that you can't, again, have those hard days. Right. And it's okay to have the times where it's like, I'm mad right now. Mm -hmm. And we go through it and we move forward. But overall, it's that piece of, but I'm going to pick up again. I choose the positive. I choose the hope. I choose the faith. I choose the courage. I have been praying so much for courage recently. Right. I didn't know how much courage is needed in this world. And I think of John Maxwell. He said, the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are usually the ones who do. And it's because of their attitude. And we can change the world and we're meant to change the world. We're not just here to make it through and to not affect anything. But everything we do affects someone. Isn't it beautiful? Right. Well, and sometimes we need help to change our attitude. 
Absolutely. You think of your mom telling you, sit up straight, sit up straight, sit up straight, change your posture. Sometimes we need a trusted friend to kind of poke us in the back, say, hey, sit up straight, you're slouching again. It's okay to have that kind of a person in your life to kind of just give you a little nudge. Hey, sit up straight, change your posture, and then we'll change things. Yes, that makes me think of my aunt when my cousins were growing up. They were very full of energy and there were times that they were a little bit, lot bit naughty. And my aunt would just pull over on the side of the road and she would have them do push-ups. And what it did was it went from fighting and anger to getting that energy out. And so they gained strong bodies and strong minds and they've gone through really hard stuff in their life. I'm amazed by them actually. And I have watched as they have chosen over and over again to have a fighting attitude of, I fight for this life. I fight for my family. I believe in the goodness of people. I'm beyond grateful. So it's okay to do those little things like, Hey, we're pulling over, you're doing push-ups when they were young. And it was so good for them. And they actually have it as a fond memory. Awesome. Well, I hope my kids someday will have that because when they were little and they would get into those crazy moments, I would give them three options, words, work, or workout. I love it. And so they had to recite a poem, do push-ups, or do a job. And to kind of get some of that energy out, just to change the attitude and the focus. And I think attitude is about changing our focus. Yes. And sometimes we have to literally get up and leave a room. Mm -hmm. And then it's like it resets the brain. Right. And so different ways of changing attitude. Sometimes I change my attitude by literally changing my altitude. I think I've told you before, sometimes I just stand up on a chair yes. or stand on the table and just to change my perspective and my attitude. It's something ridiculously small, but it actually changes things. It does. I totally agree. I go for walks or clean the house. And there is something beautiful when we can do physical to allow the change. Mm -hmm. And when we can't, we can change what we're listening to or what we're reading or how much we're sleeping. If we aren't sleeping enough or if we're sleeping too much, that affects our attitude. Well, and the people that we are around will affect our attitude. I am not an advocate of getting rid of everybody in your life. I know there's lots of people who say that, but especially if you're struggling, focusing time on those who have a good attitude really does make a difference. There was a time I went through a pretty tough struggle in my life and there were some people in my life who it just seemed to remind me of how hard my life was and how horrible it was and how much a victim I was of all of these things that were going on in my life. And then there were others who just reminded me that life is good and things are gonna work out. And I chose to spend more time with those people because when I was with the ones that reminded me of how hard it was, I just got depressed. And some people will say, well, you're, you were facing reality. Well, there was more to my reality right, than just the hard thing that was happening. And those other people who had that better attitude helped me see the whole picture and not just a part of my picture. Yeah, not just the snapshot in time. Mm -hmm. We are far more than that. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. I totally agree. And it's okay to choose those who are closest to our heart, mm -hmm. right? That inner circle. That's absolutely wonderful. I think that our attitude also sometimes comes out. I know when I am burn journaling, 
Oh my <laughs> goodness. It comes out in my handwriting. Like I literally there I'll be writing as messy as I possibly can. And then there are times that I'm just scribbling as I am getting all of this emotion out. And it's really, really healthy for me to do this. And then there are times that I want to write a letter. If I write on a whiteboard, it's a different story. I just am grateful that it can be read. But if I'm <laughs> writing a letter, I'm more careful because my attitude at that time is I want to reach and connect with that friend, mm. right? Versus I need to burn journal right now and I need to get it all out and it is going to be <laughs> ugly for a minute and right. that's okay. <laughs> right. My daughter was listening to a book, just a little story book, and it was talking about identifying people's personalities by their handwriting. I thought to myself while I was listening, like, well, I think it's more their mood than their personality. Yes. <laughs> and our attitude is similar. It's not us it's a moment and we can choose what that moment is and just like we can choose what our handwriting is on some level we can choose to have a good attitude we can choose to focus on some positive things we can choose to look at the whole picture and not just this one moment in time yeah like the book the anatomy of peace right Mm. there's that one moment there's something that happens and there's a small moment of space and then we have our reaction and that small moment of space or time is where we get to choose the attitude. And that's where the choice comes in. And I love it. I love the attitude is connected to choice, to free will, to agency. Right. I thought a lot about that gap and I prayed for a long time, like, can you make the gap bigger, please? I need more time there. And the answer that I eventually got after years of thinking about that was I had to slow down. The gap didn't need to get bigger. Ah. So sometimes our attitude is a change in our life. Mm-hmm. That is really profound. Yeah. I had to change my attitude of hurrying through so many things in my life to slowing down. And then I found that I could make better decisions in that little gap. But it wasn't because the gap was increased. It was because I slowed down. Yeah. And then you connected more into who you were. Yeah. And it was changing the attitude of hurry to an attitude of, I have time to stop and think and pause and figure out the most appropriate response rather than just react. Yes. I think George Washington did that. Mm. I think he did that in his battles. I think he literally took the time to slow down and think and then act, which is probably why he was chosen as a commander in chief. Right. Right. If you read his writings, if you read the letters he wrote to Congress, if you read, actually, even from the time that he was a youth, he was that way. He took time to slow down, to think, and to act. And I'm thinking of the French-Indian War. He always survived, in part, I truly believe, because he wasn't supposed to be killed in battle, but in part because he watched and saw what was there. And so his attitude, the few times that he got upset with people, it was because they acted rashly. Mm. And then he would write a letter and he would let them know exactly how he thought (laughs) and what they did wrong. And then he would move forward. Right. And that I love that you brought that up because, yeah, that was him as well. What's great is it can be learned. Right. We just need to practice. Just like we practice sitting up straight. Yes. We can practice having a different attitude. We can practice. And how many of us like to practice? Ugh. 
I can see my cello in the corner. <laughs> I love to play it, but I don't love to practice always. Right. But if we really value or want a change in our, our life, then it will be worth it to practice. Yes. And it will be hard and miserable and we'll make mistakes and we'll think we're not making any progress. But as we just keep practicing the attitudes and postures that we want to have, they become part of us. They really do. They do. Part of the reason I think it's a principle is because as we choose our attitude, we're able to more readily fulfill our life missions. Mm. Because if I have a bad attitude, but I know what I need to do, I'm going to make everything miserable. But if I choose a good attitude, whatever it is, and I know pieces of my life mission, well, then I know that I'm gonna get to the next step as well. Right. And I'm gonna get up to it with others along the way because we're not supposed to be here alone. Right. And we're inspired by stories of people who do things with a great attitude and think positive no matter what they're facing. And it wasn't that they were denying the hard, they just focused on the bigger picture. So why don't we? Why don't we go ahead and focus on the bigger picture? Why don't we slow down and act the way we want to be, even though that might not be what we are? Beautiful. So how are you going to cast yourself as the leading person in your life? What attitudes are you going to take on and practice? What feelings are you gonna cultivate so you can have the attitude that will help you fulfill your mission?